Happy New Year. Everyone off to a good start in the new year? You're loving God, loving your neighbor? You're getting a little weak on me here. Are you loving God and you're loving your neighbor? All right. Praise God. That's a good start. That's a good start. And pondering and what the Lord would have me minister as I come back from the sabbatical and set the direction for the new year. There was just a ton of different directions in my mind that I thought we could embark on and so forth, but just spending time with the Lord, meditating and pondering what he would have us to, uh, to focus on and what also what he was speaking to my heart as I was reflecting back over the over the past year, which I have a tendency to do that towards the end of the year, just kind of reflect on the, on the past year, then pondering what's going to be happening in the new year and what kind of adjustments we can make. You know, the Apostle Paul speaks about it in Philippians. He talks about forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are yet ahead. And so it's always a time of uh, reflecting and thinking and just meditating and, and just really just getting with God. And, and so I just really sense what a lot of the things that I discovered that I was pondering and, and thinking on were the things that have been happening in, in life on a personal level and also things that have been happening in, in, in my leadership here at Grace Fellowship Church and as the church as a whole and just thinking about you know, the positives, the negatives and so forth and how we can tweak things, how we can move things forward and as, as a result of doing that, I really just came across this phrase here, this, I used it for a title, it's called a better a better way. You know, the Bible talks about uh, love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and talks about we have hope, we have faith, hope, and love, but love of these three, love is the greatest. So we're going to be looking at that and just seeing how we can incorporate that into our lives and, and just have the Holy Spirit speak to each one of us individually because it starts with each one of us individually and then as we come together corporately and we apply the same principles and apply the same better way, the same love of God into our hearts, we'll, make, we'll be so much more effective in, in all that we put our hands to and, and the way that God wants to lead us and to develop us as, as a followers of Jesus Christ and develop us as a local church and also to have the impact in the community that God would have us to have. Us to have. And so um, there's, there's a lot of people to be reached. There's a lot of people that need to be loved and, and uh, that are in the world. They've never been introduced to uh, the saving grace of Jesus Christ. But the reality also is within our own lives, within our own families, within our own households and within our own local church, there's a lot of room for us to, to do a better job. We, we can all grow and we can do better in the realm of uh, walking in love with one another. So uh, again, it's not to bring up any bad things or hard feelings or, or I don't want you to think about the past and just leave here worse than when you came. That's never the goal. The goal always when you come to grace is that you leave here uh, changed in Jesus' name, that you can leave here saying, boy, I'm glad I came. I've been refreshed by the time of worship. I've been uh, moved by that prayer or I've been inspired by the word of God. And so it's a, it's a better way. The love of God is always a better way. And I'll just be honest with you as, as uh, I, I walk with God and continue to grow. It's always amazing how there's more room to grow. There's more room to grow, and you think, will I ever get there? Will I ever reach the mark? And by the time I think I'm, I'm, I'm getting close, I can finally, I can grab a hold of it, I've arrived, then this whole new 
area opens up or God reveals a whole bunch of other stuff that you you can really walk in love a little bit more here. You can be kinder in your response to this group of people or you can be kinder to this family member over here that you only see once a year at Christmas time and you know or you can be kinder to your neighbor or you can be more present when you're in conversation or you can do a you can do a better job listening when someone's speaking to you rather than just uh, pretend you're listening but not really listening. So you can do a better job loving that person by making that person feel like, you know, what, what they have to say is very important. So I'm going to take the time and I'm going to give them my undivided attention. And so just you, you name it. There's just so many ways that we can grow in. In our love walk, we can do better in loving one another. We can certainly do better in forgiving one another. Be, be quick to forgive and, and come to a place where we forgive even as Jesus forgave. The one song we did this morning refers to the love of God as the reckless love of God. No mountain he won't climb, no shadow he won't light up, no wall he won't kick down coming after us. Well, guess what? We're supposed to have that same intensity toward one another. There should be nothing that hinders us from wanting to climb a mountain, to kick down a wall. Whatever wall needs to be kicked down, we're willing to do it in order to bring reconciliation. Amen. Amen? So it's a lot of room to grow. So let's just take a moment and let's look at the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And just open up your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you as he would, uh, as he would minister to you because he knows you far better than I do. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's begin reading at verse 1. It's talking about the greatest gift in, in context here with this particular, uh, these verses concerning the love of God. It's sandwiched in the, between uh, 12 and 14. Chapter 12 talks about the, the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit and how they are to apply to the body of Christ today and how there's a, uh, we're to have unity even though there's a diversity in the body, there's diversity of gifts. We're all supposed to be seeking and desiring the gifts and, and, and to, to make room for the gifts in our lives and for the Holy Spirit to work in and through us. And then as a result of the diversity, the Apostle Paul brings in chapter 13 where he talks about love being the best way to function. Then in chapter 14 is a, is a chapter entitled to the operation of gifts, how they should be functioning in a corporate setting. When they are manifested in a corporate setting and how they should be manifested in our lives. But sandwiched between 12 and 14 is verse 13 where he talks about, you know what, the real foundation, if, any, if, if the gifts are going to work for the Holy Spirit to be effective in our lives, for the Holy Spirit to effectively minister to us and through us, for the love of God to really be appreciated in, in our lives, God's love toward us, God's love in us, and then God's love through us, for it really to be flowing and to be manifested manifested in the gifts of the Spirit, whether it be prophecy, whether it be gifts of working of miracles, gifts of faith to move mountains, whatever manifestation it may be, for it to be manifested to, its, to the greatest degree that it can be manifested here on the earth prior to Jesus coming back and, and ruling and reigning on the earth, it's going to be because it's coming out of a foundation of the love of God. It must be built on the foundation of God's love or it's just going to cause confusion and strife and division rather than building, which is what God intended, the, the very purpose of the gifts are to build God's kingdom here on the earth. 
So rather than building, many times the gifts have been used to, you know, to lord it over one another or it causes church to split and divide because, well, we don't believe the gifts and, well, we do believe them, well, we don't believe them or we don't think they should operate like this, well, we think they should operate like this. So all, a lot of, instead of building and exhorting one another, it ended up being a source of contention. And the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, I think, knew that. So he said, wait a minute here, we can do better. Everyone say, we can do better. Now let's take it personal. I can do better. So I can do better. As I do better, then we all can do better. And so let's look at this. Paul's saying here in verse 13, chapter 13 and verse 1. says, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Notice what he's saying here is we can, you can have a lot of activity that looks very, very spiritual. You can have a lot of activity going on. And as a church, we can become very active. As an individual, we can become very active. We can become doers and we can be doing a lot of things. But if we're not doing them from a motivation of love, uh, the pureness of the love of God in our hearts, if our motives are not correct, or if we are, if we are doing it, but we're whining about it, or if we're doing it and we're complaining about it, or we're doing it and we're bragging about it, you know, Apostle Paul is just saying, you know, if you're doing all these things, but you have not love, it's profiting you nothing. Now, if you feed the poor, feed the hungry, and you clothe the poor and the naked, it does profit them, but it's not profiting you. And so God is interested in our service in building the kingdom, but he wants, us, he wants it to be a win-win situation. So then he goes after stating that it profits nothing, no matter how much activity you can get involved in, you, know, you can't earn your way into God loving you. You don't earn your way into God loving you. So if you, if you feel like you've done wrong and boy, I need to make it right, I really need to get busy and I'm gonna get involved in feeding the hungry or I'm gonna get involved in, 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 in clothing the naked or I'm gonna get involved in visiting the prisoner. I'm gonna do, you know, I need to win God's favor back. You don't win God's favor back by doing. You have God's favor knocking at your heart's door. You have God's love knocking at your heart's door. Simply open up your heart and receive him. Say, Father, I receive your love in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for being arrogant. Forgive me for uh, going astray. I receive your love, and it's that simple. So don't be working for it. If you're working for something that God has already given to you, that God has already provided, you'll never receive it. There's a story in Luke 15, the prodigal son. It talks about the father's magnificent love. That story really should be called the father's love. The father's love. Because it's really showing how he loves, loved both sons no matter what extremes they were at. The one was in extreme worldliness, worldly living, and the other was in extreme self-righteousness. Thinking he's doing everything right. He's dotting every I. He's crossing every T. I have never transgressed your commandment. But he wasn't any happier than the boy that was out sinning. Matter of fact, at the end, he wasn't even at the party. He wasn't even at the celebration. 
He said, I've labored and toiled all these years, yet you've never given it to me. And the father had to remind him, it's always been yours. It's, well, everything I have is yours. Why are you toiling and laboring for it? You're, I've accepted you. You're my son. Receive the love of God. Receive his love and start functioning out of a love of God. We can do better if we'll just take a moment, if we'll push the reset button and say, all right, I'm going to stop trying to do this my way. I'm going to push the reset button and say, God, I receive your love. And out of your love, I'm going to obey your commandments. See, we get caught up in trying to obey his commandments and we can't do them. Then we feel guilty because we're not doing them. And then we try harder. And then we feel even more guilty. And then the whole thing just becomes just something that's insurmountable. And we just kind of keep going through the motions. But let's stop going through the motions. Let's stop pretending. Let's have a sincere faith. In Timothy, it talks about a sincere faith. It means a faith with no wax. So cosmetic surgeries wouldn't work. <laughs> but the, the no wax meant because a lot of the vessels they used were, were pottery and clay vessels. And, and some of the people, if, they, if one of them cracked, they would just fill them with wax. Well, that, it, everything looked fine and it looked good until you put it over the fire to heat what's ever in there to heat your soup for dinner. You know, then all of a sudden you realize, hey, I just got burnt. This vessel that I just bought, it, it's flawed. So let's, let's not have our love be filled with wax. Let's not just fill it in and, and just make it look good. Let's not just plaster on a Sunday morning smile. Let's not plaster on a smile for whatever occasion it is that we're doing where we're getting together for Christmas. So, you know, we really need to, it's Christmas. We need to love one another. And it's Christmas is all about Jesus Christ. So we need to, you know, Jesus is all about love and God's so loved and that he gave the world. And so we're going to get together with family. So let's put on our, you know, our, our fake smiles and let's, let's love one another. <laughs> well, it's good to take it up a couple levels, but don't put on a fake smile. Draw on the reservoir. The love of God has been deposited into your heart by the Holy Spirit. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it, the scriptures tell us, it's in Romans chapter 5, that God's love has been deposited into our hearts. So it's in here. It's really in here. It's in our spirit. And what we need to do is we need to dig and, and, and we need to nurture it and we need to be, become conscious of it and, 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 and begin practicing it, loving one another. Loving one another. One of the examples I heard, I, I liked it as an example because it reminded me of myself growing up, but also, uh, I, again, uh, Tyler and Megan are doing a better job as they're getting older. And uh, Megan's about to be 21. Can you believe that? But uh, just a few years ago, I wondered if they would ever talk to each other after they leave home. I wondered if they would ever do anything together because it was always like, get out of my space don't be breathing my air it's none of your business that type of thing now they're actually doing things together and they enjoy doing things together but while a few years ago if even though they were conducting themselves like that in life if you would have asked them separately tyler do you love your sister do you love megan yeah i love megan she's my sister of course i love her and then you capture Megan somewhere. Megan, do you love Tyler? Yes, I love Tyler. I would do anything for Tyler. I would lay down my life for Tyler. I don't know if she ever said that, but I'm... 
But she would say, I love Tyler. And you follow, you know, if, you, if, you have, if you've had siblings or if you're a parent and you have children and you see it, you know, yes, they love one another, but all day long, it is just they're at each other. They're at each other. And you're thinking, I thought you guys love one another. They, they do, but it's a really odd, childish way of showing it. And many times we as adults, when it comes to other people, when it comes to a local church or it comes to larger fa family gatherings, we're not that much different. Oh, yeah, we love each other. Of course, I'm coming for Christmas. I love my family. It's like, oh, when's Christmas going to be over? <laughs> it's like, what do you mean we're getting together for New Year's? We were just together for Christmas. <laughs> We're talking about a number, just a handful of days. Like, what? oh yeah, yes, yeah, we'll come. Of course, we love you. We'd love to be there. We'd love to ring in the new year with you. <laughs> well, I'm not saying we have to be legalistic in any of those. I was just using these as illustrations. There's many others as well, but we can do better in loving one another. We can do better in forgiving one another. We can do better in, in, in not being judgmental towards one another. Surely there's a better way than always gossiping about people. The scriptures tell us that we are to speak life over people. We're to speak those things that edify and build up. We're not to speak things that tear down. But yet we find ourselves starting off by saying things that are tearing down, things that are being judgmental. I just want to say this. I just want to get off my chest. And, you know, then we say a whole bunch of stuff we don't need to be saying, should not be saying, as if it's some type of therapeutic benefit to it. It really isn't. It really is not. The best thing we can do is, if we can't say anything nice, Thumper. Remember Thumper from Bam? Bam what was the movie? The, yeah, Thumper. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And so we can learn not to be judgmental, not to be gossiping. We can do a much better job in loving other people that are unlike ourselves and, and, and be willing to uh, take the risk and share the gospel with people. So as, a, as, a, as a individuals and as collectively as a church, we can do better. So the Apostle Paul is saying, you know, if, if we're doing all these good things, but we have not love, it profits us nothing. And when, when we're doing a lot of works in order to gain God's favor or we get caught up in works to try to impress other people, that's when we find ourselves exhausted. That's when we find ourselves weary. But Jesus, when he sees that we're weary, he doesn't condemn us. He's simply the invitation for a weary person is come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You know, come back to Jesus. If you, you find it too difficult to forgive, you find it too difficult to be speaking what you need to be speaking and ought to be speaking, come to Jesus first. Let him build you up. Let him give you the grace. Let him give you the strength and the stamina. Let him stir up God's love that's already in your heart and you'll be able to do it much better. Apostle Paul goes on here in chapter 13 and verse 4. He says, love suffers long. How long is long? <laughs> I want to know, when's the end of that long? Love suffers long. It doesn't say it suffers indefinitely, but it does say it suffers long. And I think that's a long time. And after it suffers long, it says it's kind. It's kind. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. 
Love is not provoked, and love thinks no evil. There's a better way. Everyone say, there's a better way. I said again, I can do better. Now let's say, we can do better. So that's our goal. That's, that's where God has us starting on, in 2019 and fulfilling the commission in our, in our personal lives and coming together as a church, as Grace Church. We are determined that we can do better. We can, we can do better and we will do better. We will purpose to build everything that we're building, the initiatives that we're initiating, the things that we're doing. We're doing them in the love of God, and we're not going to brag about it. We're not going to be provoked. We're not going to be angry because it's not what I thought we should do. It's not what someone else thought they should do. We're not going to think evil of one another. We're just not going to do it because love does not do those things. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked, and it thinks no evil. Verse 6 tells us that it does not rejoice in iniquity, but it always rejoices in the truth. There's plenty of things to rejoice in. There's plenty of truth. There's plenty of good things happening that we can rejoice in. Again, this may not mean that as much to you as it did to me, but to be able to visit nine different churches, and most of those in the community here, it was interesting to, to see that, you know, it was refreshing and encouraging to see that the work that's taking place in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, and to be able to rejoice in that because you can, you know, we can isolate ourselves and, and think, my goodness, is anything going right? You know, is God is so patient, you know, what's, is, is there anything happening in the kingdom or is, is there anything moving forward except when you turn on television and watch a megachurch someplace? You think, well, what else is happening in the, in, in the kingdom? But to visit a number of different churches from large churches to small churches, it was, uh, it was just very encouraging and it was good for my heart to see what God is doing in small churches of 50 to uh, large churches of uh, 20 plus thousand people. Now that wasn't in this community. That was uh, Steve Furtick's church in Charlotte. And of course, that, the very large one we went to. But, you know, so it's just interesting that everywhere that people coming together worshiping God, young people coming together worshiping God. The church was that last Sunday was in Westchester. It's a church that Megan attends when she's on campus. But the, the sanctuary was full. I don't think there's any empty seats in the sanctuary and the demographics I would guess would be in, in the early 30s. But wow, look at all these young people worshiping God. Worshiping God. When Nathan videos the, the, the service here and I go to look at it, I'm thinking... We need to get some young people up front here. To, you know, the back of that camera has a lot of shiny spots. <laughs> but it's okay. That's why I'm standing here looking at you this way, all right? I'm not... <laughs> But the church last Sunday, that would not have been a problem. There was full heads of hair everywhere. <laughs> so anyway, we're working, we're working on it. We're working on it. Young people, you're invited to come on in, sit in the middle, sit forward. <laughs> Make us look better. <laughs> Praise God. So anyway, love doesn't care. <laughs> Praise God. Love bears all things. It believes all things, it hopes all things, endures all things, and verse eight tells us that it never fails. It never fails. Folks, you will never, ever go wrong going the way of love. It may feel like it's the wrong way. It may feel like it's just everything is just going, it's just contrary to what your flesh wants to do. And you just, within you, you just can't muster up. I'm, I'm not going to forgive one more time. I have forgiven so frequently and I, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I, I'm done. I'm done. 
I have had it. I am so done with them. I am so done with you. Really. Love, what did we just read a while ago? Suffers long and is kind. <laughs> How long is long? It's till Jesus comes back. It's like a child saying when you go on a road trip, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Every couple minutes, are we there yet? No, it's a seven-hour trip, and we left seven minutes ago. <laughs> so we're not there yet, and that's how it is with the love. You know, is it time? Can I write this person off? Can I stop being kind to this person? Can I give this person some of what they're sowing in my life? Can I dish it back to them? No, no, and no. It's not the right thing to do. The right thing to do is to love. So we can do better, and we will do better. So praise God. Then it goes in there talking again about just some of the practical applications, but it ends in verse 13. It says, now by faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So that's what we want to be developing. We want to begin the year by really developing the love of God in our lives. Amen? Amen. Developing the love. So turn with me, if you would, to 1 John chapter 4. We need to be equipped to develop love. We can't just make a mental decision. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to develop the love of God in my life. We need need God. This is something God is doing in us and through us. This is a a work of God. This is a work of God. In 1 John chapter 4, beginning at verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Everyone say, love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Next verse says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is, God is love. It, everything about God, God is not a deity that has love, that loves sometimes, and sometimes he doesn't. God is love. All God's activity is loving activity because God is love. So his activity is always loving activity. The next verse then says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. I want you to understand this. If If we're going to go a better way, we're going to do better in our love walk, we must build this we must develop this on the insight into the knowledge that God is love. And then we need to understand that God's love was manifested toward us. Notice God being love means nothing unless it's manifested, unless it's demonstrated, unless I can see it, unless I can experience it. Notice if I were trying to convince you that I love you, but never did anything for you. I'm always, there's always this wall between us. There's, there's this abyss between us. And I would always declare, I love you. I could tell my lovely wife, I love you. I am love. I love you. You're my wife. But never demonstrate any love toward my wife. You think she would believe that I love her. It'd be very difficult to believe that. Well, God's not just, the word of God is not just declaring here that God is love, but it's also declaring that this love has been demonstrated. It's been made available. It's been demonstrated and made available 
to all of us. John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So here in verse 9, it says, in this the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son. Now this God orchestrated love. He is love, and he orchestrated, and he demonstrated, and he made it available to humanity. He made it available to you. He loves you. Yes, he loves the whole world, but think about it. He loves you. You're the apple of his, eye, of his eye. So he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation. That's a good modern word. Basically, he sent his son to be the sacrificial offering for our sins the sacrificial offering for our sins, then verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, do you believe that God loved us? Do you believe that he's loving us today? Do you believe that he loved us to the extent that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to Calvary's cross to shed his blood for the remission of our sins, that he loved us and Jesus loved us to the point that he was willing to die. He was obedient to go to the cross. Do we believe that? says, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Well, how did God love you? Now, you can answer that. You know your history. You have your story. I have my story. I know how God loved me. I know how he chose to forgive me through Jesus Christ. I know how he climbed every mountain, kicked down every wall, put a light on every shadow to come after me when I thought I was running from him. I thought I didn't want anything to do with him. One day I realized I wasn't running from God. I was running from religious rules and regulations. But when I met the true God, when I really discovered that God is not all about these rules and regulations, God is love. God is love. And that he was pursuing me, and I surrendered to that. I never felt so light in all my life. I just I, I remember the Sunday night that, that happened down in Ackland, Pennsylvania, in Assembly of God Church. On my 650 Yamaha, I rode down there that night. And I remember coming home, just, man, I, I was... Uh, just having a good time going through all the country roads and my motorcycle, just born again, just feeling, just, I had a feeling I can't even describe it, what I was feeling. Find out that God loved me. Now, the devil's not very far behind that, come after and you know, bring guilt and condemnation. And it's the very first night that someone tried to introduce me and convince me to smoke marijuana later that night. I thought... Wait, what just happened here? What just happened here? <laughs> but God loves me, and thank God that he loves me. Amen. Amen? And so if he so loved me, and he so loved you, we ought to be loving one another. Loving one another. 
So authentic love really cannot be exhibited in any community, in any of our lives, unless it reflects God's love and unless it is empowered by an experience of being loved. So folks, settle down with God, get into the word of God and purpose it. I'm going to discover a better way to do life. I'm going to discover a better way to do life. Don't allow yourself to get overwhelmed. This can be overwhelming. I have so many things to work on. Oh my gosh, so many things to work on. There's so many people that, you know, this whole forgiveness thing, this whole speaking life over people rather than speaking negative things over people and this whole thing of not being judgmental. My first thought still being a judgmental thought. And, uh, you know, it's like some people that know me, they think, well, you're not a judgmental person. I, I wrestle with judgment being judgmental like anyone else does. I've trained myself not to put words to it immediately. <laughs> that makes me more spiritual if I refrain from, if I refrain from saying what I'm thinking, that makes me more spiritual than the person that just blurts out what they're thinking, right? <laughs> no, I can do better. I don't need to, I mean, my first impression doesn't need to be a judgmental. It doesn't, I don't need to be judgmental. I can, I can be thinking good things. I can be saying good things. I can be quick to forgive and I can, I, I can be even speaking life over myself and life over other people. But for this to happen, I need to settle in on the fact that God is love. He is love. And number two, he demonstrated his love toward me toward me in sending his son Jesus Christ to be the sacrificial offering for all of my sin. And I'm gonna, I need to accept that. And as I accept that and then begin to develop it, and say develop it. See, God's love is in your heart. In Romans chapter five and verse 20, I think it's God's love has been demonstrated toward us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ having died for us. And then also says that his love has been deposited into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. His love has been deposited into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So it's in us. That's why we need to be developing it. You're familiar with the, in the book of Galatians that talks about fruit of the Spirit? It's love. Then all the manifestations of it are a, a result of love. Then you have the patience, the kindness, and so forth. And so recognize, first and foremost, that God loves you. So let's say it again. God loves me. His love is in my heart. I will cultivate it. And I will do it a better way. I will do life a better way. The way of love. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now let's close with this prayer. It's the prayer that the Apostle Paul uh, penned it to the church at Ephesus. It's recorded in Ephesians chapter 3. It has to do with the appreciation for the revelation of Jesus Christ, the revelation of his grace and his mercy and his love toward us. And he, he, it's a... Uh, and an appreciation for this mystery of God loving us even when we didn't deserve to be loved. But he prays this prayer, and it's recorded here, and I encourage you to make this a part of your uh, routine in developing a better way. It's just really reflect and meditate on this prayer and make it personal. So in verse 14, it says, For this reason I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might 
through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So Paul's communicating a lot in these verses, in this prayer that's recorded here for us, but uh, in, in some broad strokes, what I want to share with you here is that he, what he's communicating here is that God does not fit into the limitations of your expectations. God is far bigger. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And yes, he makes them known to us, but you know, we don't know it all. He knows it all. To just know that God's got you covered. His ways are higher. Amen? So God does not fit into the limitations of our expectations. Paul's point is not merely that God is able to do beyond what we expect. That has application to it, but it's not just something that you just pull out. You have no comprehension of that God loves you and that his love has been deposited in your heart. And Paul wants us to know that. And he wants us to know that as we're rooted and grounded in this love, that we are to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge and, and so forth, that we're to really to be established in the love of God. We're to be walking a better way, doing life a better way, that in the midst of all this, you can do it better because God is already at work in you. His spirit is already at work in you. It tells at the end of verse 20, it says, according to the power at work in us. So do not leave here today and do not make a confession from this day on. Say, I heard what Pastor Ray said, but I just can't find it within myself to do it. I know I'm supposed to be more forgiving. I know I'm supposed to be more loving. I know I should be kinder. Kinder. I should be gentler. I should be whatever. You fill in the blanks. But, you know, that, you know, in my family, in my community, in my situation, in my classrooms, in my place of employment, that is just not possible. Ray, it may be possible for you in your house. It may be possible for you to come into your office and close your door and be all by yourself and get along with yourself. But you try to be in a corporate America, you try to be on a construction site, you try to be in a hospital, you try to be in a classroom, you try to be in a university, you try this out there, it's not going to work. I'm submitting to you, it will work. And I also have news for you. I worked in construction, I've been in corporate America, and I, I've been to a lot of places that you've been. <laughs> and sometimes it can get uglier here than it's been out there. It ain't always pretty. And we're Christians. That's what makes it worse. Feel worse. It doesn't make it worse. It makes it feel worse. And, you know, among ourselves, come on, we can do better. We can do better. I can do better in my household. I can do better as a husband. I can do better as a father. I can do better as a pastor. I can be, do better as a citizen. I can do better. 
We can all do better. The power of the love of God is already in us, and that power of God's love in us will enable us to do beyond what we can even ask or imagine. I can't imagine loving my crazy uncle. I can't imagine loving this family member. I can't imagine you fill in the blank, but I want to tell you something. God is able to take you beyond what you can imagine, what you can expect. God's able to do it if you'll just let him do it. And you'll draw on his grace to do it. We can get along. Reconciliation is very much a possibility. Amen. Reconciliation is very much a viable possibility. It can happen. It does happen all the time, and it can continue to happen as we draw on the grace of God. And so look to him. Look to him. His ability, the ability to go beyond, above and beyond what I can even ask or imagine is already in me. How? Through the love of God in your heart and by the power and the person of the Holy Spirit, it's already in you. Tap into it. Go for it. Make this prayer your prayer. Meditate on it frequently. Put your own name in there. Thank you, Father God, that your love, I am rooted and grounded, and that your love is in my heart. Amen? Praise God. Well, I'm just getting started, but you'll all come back next week and bring someone else with you. Love someone enough to invite them to church. Climb any mountain. Kick down any walls, light up any shadows to pursue them because God pursued you. Let's pursue other people in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Why don't you all stand? I want to pray over you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to worship together. Thank you for the opportunity to, to uh, look into the mirror of your word. And Father, as we look into the mirror, as each one of these beautiful people has looked into the mirror this morning, they saw you in them. And Lord God, there can leave, we can leave here today encouraged knowing that you are already within our hearts. Your love has been deposited into our hearts and that we have within our our arsenal, all that we have need of to take it to the next level, we can do it a better way, a better way. So I just want to encourage you real quickly here. Don't overwhelm yourself. Don't get overwhelmed and exasperated and just give up on it. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. You may have 12 things you need to work on, but the Holy Spirit may say, let's just work on this one. Let's work on this one for a while. Let's get this one. And then we'll take care of the other one later. So just allow the Holy Spirit to work with you. And others, the other side of that coin may be, I have 150 things to work on, and the Holy Spirit's saying, you know what? I'm going to blow your mind. We're going to do it all at once. You're going to experience a transformation like you can't even imagine. So let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit. Don't let other people judge you. Don't judge others. Just accept the love of God in your heart right now. Just breathe deeply. Breathe in deeply. Receive the fullness of his love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, you love us. Thank you, Father, for stirring up that love within us. And thank you, Father God, for causing it to be manifested as it was manifested toward us from heaven through Jesus Christ. May it be manifested in us and through us towards other people. In Jesus' name, name above all names, empowerment of the Holy Spirit rests on each one. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Folks, you have what you need.
You have what you need. You're loved. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the day. And we look forward to seeing you next Sunday morning. Let's make this, get this year kicked off great, and let's keep going. Invite someone, and we'll see you. God bless you.